many people have seen that before, where they zoom out from the earth and then you see how big the universe is? Have you ever seen a video like that before? Raise your hand if it's actually taking your breath away. It has for me. I mean, when I first saw that and I understood how big this world might be, I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. And uh, I've even started to think about um, this new concept. Have you heard of the multiverse? Do you guys know what that is? The multiverse says that uh, it's a new theory. Someone, from, someone got the Nobel Prize uh, in science um, at Caltech, I think, probably. They always get them at Caltech. And, and it was this discovery that probably our universe is one of m- millions of universes. And just, just delving into this idea, uh, I, I started to look at different, <laughs> different things different theories. They, they had, they had the, there was this one scientist that was saying the conditions for life or, or, or for, for what we experience here in all of those multiverses is not very probable. That, that, it, that, it, that actually the, each of those would have had a different, different density and, and a different uh, makeup and that our earth is located just the right distance from the sun it's spinning around, what, 60,000 miles an hour? Is that about right? Uh, and it's, our sun takes 250 million years to travel around just our galaxy. And, and we, we start to think about all of these things and to think about how beautiful and vast this universe is. I actually think that the harder thing, I, a lot of times in my life, I've found it very easy to say, if someone says, could there be life on other planets? And I say, yeah, that's no problem. I have no problem believing that. That's easy for me to believe. Um, and I get, for some of you say that, that's just, I can't see that. But actually, I find the harder thing to believe now is that there isn't. Can you imagine that? That if all of this was really created for us, and I think it's actually harder to take in. I think it's harder to process. And I think that a lot of times we just don't feel like we're worth it. That, that, that we're worth that much. Or that, that we could ever be loved that much. Now, I don't know if you guys have uh, any favorite storytellers in your life, but I met a storyteller. Well, my, my favorite storyteller is someone I didn't even need to meet. It was my uncle. His name, was, his name was Uncle Reynold, or Reynold Graham. And he told the best stories. When he would be at a busy restaurant and everybody was talking and he started to tell a story, the restaurant would be quiet. And everybody would lean in and listen. He is the kind of guy that because of how well he told stories, he dined with princes. People always wanted to have him around. And he always had great stories. We were just remembering one of his hundreds of stories the other day when Muhammad Ali passed away. And that Reynolds, this guy from England, actually he lived in England, he was Scottish, back when it was part of the European Union, remember that? Um, he, he became friends with Muhammad Ali and hung out with Muhammad Ali for a couple of months in Florida, I think, when he was training for the Rumble in the Jungle. And he didn't brag about his, his friendship with Muhammad Ali because he just, I think he admired him more than that. We didn't tell a lot of stories about him, but we, we knew these little nuggets of his life. Reynolds one time said that and, and when he told you a story, you just leaned in because you knew there was something amazing. He told a story that he was in a pub in England once. His friend owned a pub. And the bartender said, his friend said, you should go back and say hi to this guy. He's a, he's a real character. His name is Sammy. 
And uh, Reynolds went back there, and it was an Arab guy named Sammy. And this is decades and decades ago. And he got to know the guy, just kind of in, not that interesting of a person. But he said, this guy named Sammy decided to go later, many decades later, uh, went by his given name, became kind of a fanatic, and was known as Osama bin Laden. Reynolds was just one of those people that had these experiences you couldn't even imagine. Uh, Reynolds also told us where hidden treasure was still buried. <laughs> he took us on a videotape and he said, this is the place where the famous hidden treasure is. You can't dig it up because everybody's going to come and they're going to know what you're up to. And, but he, he said, this is it. And it's a family history. And Reynolds was that kind of guy where he would tell those stories. Years later, in 2010, he passed away because he suffered from ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. And a couple of years after that, our whole entire family, both on both continents, uh, across the ocean, as we like to say, we would challenge each other with the ice bucket challenge. And, and, and it was as much about honoring Reynolds in our life as it was to just get a cure. And it was as much of remembering how much we loved to be near his stories, and we wanted to hear those stories for him, from him and to bathe in, in, in that, that love that we would receive from him and the attention. So today we are going to be looking at a scripture that I, is an incredible story because it has been told by the greatest storytellers for, for not just hundreds of years, but for thousands of years. The greatest storytellers in the world have loved to tell this story to their kids and to their neighbors, and it's a story that's been handed down to us for thousands and thousands, we don't know how, for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's the story of the creation of the universe. And so I asked my good friend to do a little drama. His name's R- Russell Crowe. He, he just reenacted this thing for me. So it's, uh, I promised him it wouldn't get out on YouTube or anything. But here is, here is him pretending to be Noah and him telling his, as if he is Noah, telling his kids. first story my father told me and the first story that I told each of you. In the beginning, there was nothing. Nothing but the silence of an infinite darkness. But the breath of the Creator fluttered against the face of the void, whispering, let there be light. And light was. And it was good, the first day. And then the formless life began to take on substance and shape, the second day. And our world was born, our beautiful, fragile home. And a great warming light nurtured its days. And a lesser light ruled the nights. And there was evening and morning, another day. And the waters of the world gathered together. And in their midst emerged dry land. Another day passed. And the ground put forth the growing things, a thick blanket of green stretching across all creation. And the waters, too, teemed with life. Great creatures of the deep that are no more. Vast multitudes of fish, some of which may still swim beneath these seas. And soon, The sky was streaming with birds, and there was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day, 
Now the whole world was full of living beings. Everything that creeps, everything that crawls, and every beast that walks upon the ground. And it was good. It was all good. There was light and air and water and soil, all clean and unspoiled. Your plants and fish and fowl and beast, each after their own kind, all part of the greater whole, all in their place, and all was in balance. It was paradise, the jewel in the creator's palm. And the creator made man, and by his side woman, father and mother of us all. He gave them a choice. Follow the temptation of darkness, or hold on to the blessing of light. since Adam's sin has walked within us. Brother against brother. Nation against nation. Man against creation. We murdered each other. We broke the world. We did this. Man did this. Everything that was beautiful Everything that was good, we shattered. Now, it begins again. Pretty good stuff, huh? Let's read the scripture ourselves today. This is Genesis 1, and it's a... We're going to read the whole story of creation. I was a little shy in your bulletin, so it's not all there. So you can read it up here because I think we need to to take it all in today. And uh, before we begin, I'd like to read it in the original Hebrew so that you can hear it and remember that it wasn't written in English, that it was written in Hebrew. It's, by the way, written backwards (laughs) as well. And so the last page is the first page. This is how Noah would have said it to, we think, how Noah would have said it to his children. Bereshit bara Elohim et hashemayim va'et ha'aretz. In the beginning, before Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Isn't it beautiful? Let's read it in English. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and so light appeared. And God saw how good the light was, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God named the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. And God made the dome separated and God made the dome and separated the waters under the dome from the waters above the dome. And it happened in that way. God named the dome sky. There was evening and there was morning the second day. 
God said, let the waters under the sky come together in one place so that dry, the dry land can appear. And that's what happened. God named the dry land earth and He named the gathered waters seas. And God saw how good it was. And God said, let the earth grow plant life, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its, uh, its kind throughout the earth. And that's what happened. The earth produced plant life, plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind, and trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind. And God saw how good it was. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And they will mark the events, sacred seasons, days, and years. And they will be lights in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth. And that's what happened. God made the stars and two great lights, the larger to rule over the day and the smaller to rule over the night. (coughs) Excuse me. And God put them in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning the fourth day. God said, let the waters swarm with living things and let birds fly above the earth up in the dome of the sky. And God created the great sea animals and all the tiny living things that swarm in the waters, each according to its kind, and all the winged birds, each according to its kind. And God saw how good it was. Then God blessed them all. Be fertile and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning. The fifth day. And God said, let the earth produce every kind of living thing, livestock, crawling things, and wildlife. And that's what happened. God made every kind of wildlife, every kind of livestock, and every kind of creature that crawls on the ground. And God saw how good it was. And then God said, let us make humanity in our image to resemble us. Do you hear how God refers to God as us? You see that? To resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on the earth. The us is the trinity, by the way. It's not many gods. It's one God, but a God that refers to God, God's self as us. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them, male and female, and God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. And then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. To all the wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything that he had made. It was supremely good. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. The heavens and the earth and all who live in them were completed On the sixth day, God completed all the work that he had done. And on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. This is the account of the heavens 
and the earth when they were created, on the, do- on the day the Lord God made the earth and the sky. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, there's nothing that I can think of that would be a more amazing story than this. There are no more amazing opening lines to any story that I've ever read in my life. And this story, if you can think about it, begins before any other story. It's the first story. It begins before even the word story was ever thought of. It begins, can you even think about the beginning? The beginning of it all. That's where this story starts. I want you to pick up that paper that the ushers gave to you, and I want you to look at it because I want you to see something that has nothing. Just to think about the beginning of the universe with a formless void. There's no form, there's no shape, there's just this emptiness in front of you. And I intentionally had the ushers not give you a pen. I don't want you to have a pen right now. I want you to look at that piece of paper because this, is, this, is, this could actually be the most important piece of paper you've ever he- held in your life. It could be. Or it could just be another piece of trash, Right? See, this paper holds all the potential for creation in your life. It has all the potential for transforming the lives of people around you. It has all the potential, but yet nothing has been done. And what's interesting, having talked to Alice about this painting that she created of of the creation of the universe with the six days of creation around the seventh day, which has the cross of Jesus Christ in the middle, the pinnacle of all creation, and, and Jesus Christ who, who redeems creation. She, she reminded me of something of, that we all really know, is that art is really all about separating the light from the darkness, isn't it? It's all about the use of light. She said, you know, you can, you can be an artist, but it's a good idea to go to school, and what they'll teach you in school right away is light how to use light. And what did God do at the very beginning of creation? The very first thing that God ever did is say, let there be light. And he didn't just say these things. A lot of times we say, well, God just said it and it was, it was, it was created. And I've said that a couple of times in my life. It's great to look to scripture. He said it and then he did it. So he said, let there be light. Yes, light. That is, that is automatic creation. Let there be light. It happened. But then it says he separated, there was work to be done. He separated the light from the darkness. And then he says, let there be, does anyone know what the next one is? Let there be, let's see, let's look at our scripture. Let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. See, see, there's this formless void. There's nothing in between. There's no space. So God creates this space, and, and there, now there's sky, and now there's earth. It's, now, now there's sky, and now there's just water. So water and sky. And each day that he does another, set, another series of separations, another series of categorizations, of, of creating order in the universe. But what I find almost more amazing than the, technically the order that he did it rather than trying to create it into some kind of scientific explanation of how the universe was created. And, and some people are there, and that's okay. But I, I just want to say, the most amazing thing to me is that he has this creative process that even Alice was talking about. 
This creative process that sometimes you start something and you realize it's good and then you go on to the next thing and then you realize that's good and then you go on to the next thing and you realize that's good and it becomes this wonderful thing that, 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 that you never could have imagined and, and, and because it's God, of course, God could have imagined it. But there's this thing. We were created in God's image. We were created in the image of the creator, meaning that we are creative people. That we are designed by nature to be, by God, to be creators. We are designed to stand in front of the formless void, the empty canvases of our life, and to begin to separate the light from the darkness. But I think we can also look at how God created the universe and remember that nothing was created without the power of the Holy Spirit. At the very beginning, you get this beautiful image of the Holy Spirit of God. The word in Hebrew is ruach. You can't even say that word without breathing and spit all over the people in the front row. Ruach. It's a breathy word because it means the breath of God. The wind of God. The Spirit of God. How does that image of who God is not take your breath away? How does it not confound you and amaze you? And every time, I love what Pastor Becca one time said. She said, every time you take a breath, you breathe in. And every time you breathe out, and it's something that you can't help but do. We, we've been given breath. See, every time you give, every time you breathe, there's a give and a take, isn't there? There's a receiving and a giving. There's this beautiful, beautiful thing that God has given us where we are people of breath. And what if we live our lives without the breath of the Holy Spirit breathing into our souls, essentially lifeless? It's amazing to think what could happen with that piece of paper that's in your hands. That piece of paper could be a great poem. That piece of paper could be a great screenplay or a great story that you decide to write down to hand on to the next generation in your family of God's goodness. That piece of paper could be a plan that you design your next business opportunity on. Or it could be a letter to your neighbor to say, I'm sorry. I love you. It could be a letter that you mail away to somebody. Can anybody else think about what that letter, what that piece of paper could be? Let's use all of our creativity. Any other ideas? An airplane. I know, I thought of that. Actually, I didn't think of that. That's really good. Any others? A grocery list. Absolutely. Grocery list for a homeless person, too. I mean, both equally important. Any other ideas? A song, a beautiful song, a new song, or an old song. Confetti to celebrate. I love that. It could become something to to shower someone with and to help them to come alive and, and enjoy life. What else? A painting. Absolutely, it could become a great work of art to stir people's souls and to remind them of the Creator and the creation of the universe. See, I'm going to challenge you today to take that paper and to really use it intentionally. I want you to take that paper with you today, and I want you to take it home, and I want you to consider it as the possibility of what God can create in and through you and what can be and what is possible. And isn't it sad that we think 
of our lives is limited when we are surrounded by a universe that now people are thinking might be a multiverse with millions of universes. And do you think that maybe God is trying to tell us how powerful God is and how vast God is and yet how perfect God is and that you, you are here and that you were created and that you are alive right now? But there is this thing. There's this thing where we've been separated from God. And do you know what I think is the real reason that Adam and Eve and all of these other people were separated from God? If you look at, look at it, okay, so in psychology, there's the person that comes into, into your office and they say, uh, I've got a real problem with my neighbor. Okay, that's called a presenting problem, right? <laughs> that's not the real issue. You talk about that issue. You work through it. But the goal is to get down to the deeper stuff. I would say that I think the deeper thing that's going on in man's turning away from God is a lack of trust in God. A lack of belief in God. Not, 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 not believing that God exists, but not trusting that God has all of our best interests in mind all the time. Not trusting that God actually created this universe for us. That is what really confounds people. That everything in this universe was created for you to live more fully. I loved that song that we were singing. Oh my goodness, this song that, what is this song about, about, praise, about coming alive? In my life be lifted up. In my life be lifted up. That the God of the universe could be lifted up in your life. The pinnacle of all creation. So what I'm challenging you to do today is to to even consider that you are loved that much. That God loves you that much. Not only to create you, not only to create this entire universe surrounding you, not even to place you right here at this time, in this moment, not even to give you every single day and to give you every single night. And you know what? Anytime that you're wondering, if you have a hard time remembering God's love, I recommend that you just turn to the creation that He made. How can you not be stirred in your soul when you look at a mountain? How can you not be stirred in your soul when you look at the depths of the sea? How can you not be stirred in your soul when you look at the stars or even the infinity that exists in a newborn baby or the creatures or the crazy wild animals and the birds in the, the, birds in the sky? Or the, I always try to bring wild animals into worship. I get a reputation for that because I just believe that when you see the creation, you have this unbelievable remembrance of the Creator. But also, I want you to look around you right now. Look, it's, it's okay. You can recognize there's other people in the room. Take a look at the people in you, around you and recognize. You don't have to make it awkward, but look, look at the people around you. But I want you to, 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 to remember that they're there because these also are the pinnacles of creation. It's not just you who is loved so much. It is the person next to you who is loved so much. And God says, I put you on this, I put you not just on this planet, but in this universe and in this multiverse to be a person who experiences and expresses love. And the greatest thing that God ever created is love. And it comes from God. And God is the source of love. And He is love. And you can't distinguish God from love. So what will you do with your paper? How will you find a way to express the love that you know 
that God has for you and has for other people? How will you bring about a place where people are no longer in disbelief or distrusting God because they know who he is and they know how much he loves them? But instead, they're willing to trust God. They're willing to trust that God has their best intentions and that God, his goal is for, in you, this is his goal for in your life, for him to be lifted high in your life. And your vibrance, that's how God is lifted high. In your fullness, in the fullness of God working through you, that's how God's lifted high. And so there's nothing that God wants more for you than to be full of life. And so now, I'm going to say a short prayer, and then we are going to continue this worship service with a, a song of reflection for you to, to, one, we're going to do the offering as well, receive the offering. But also, I want you to really seriously consider what is before you in that blank canvas of the future. Every single day is an opportunity to praise God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have spoken to us. We thank you. You've spoken to countless generations of people. Even Noah and his family. The people before him and before him and before him and before her and before her and before her that you have taken every man and woman and placed them in your midst and made yourself known to them. And we pray that, pray that we, would, we would take this moment to, to really be a transformed people who are ready to transform the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.